I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com Playoff preview podcast. It's me, Julia Montesano. I'm your host, and I'm ready to go. And so is my co-host, Gemma Bastiani. Gem, what's up? Hello. We're in the same room. I know. This is a <laughs> bit of fun, hey? Thanks, COVID. Thanks for giving us a, some time to be in the room together. It's great being here in in Gemma's little, I suppose, study slash studio here in Northgate. I don't want to tell people where you live because I don't want people to stalk you. But yeah, you've got a little makeshift studio here, and it's serving us well. Oh, it's a bit more than makeshift, but yes. I know, it's got like, sound, I shouldn't say makeshift, you're right. It's got soundproofing, it's got an AFLW poster of Melbourne, an AFLW poster of Frio, a lot of Sydney men's content, I must say. I think you can make it a bit AFLW, if I'm honest, but good memories here as well, good photos of Jem, little posy. There's not that much Sydney men's content, there's three things, four things. And a couple of mem- and a couple of thousand membership cards as well, and a couple of news articles, it's okay. Everyone could be a Swans tragic, it's fine. 2005 Premiership, mate. Yes, we know. As a Carl supporter, I haven't seen a Premiership yet, so thank you for rubbing it in. But well, we're not here to talk men's know. footy, are we? We're not. Sorry for bringing that up, guys. <laughs> we're here to talk women's footy, and it's round five. We're five rounds in. Can you believe it? This season's absolutely flying, and round five, I'm so excited for it. It's a really special round. It's the first ever AFLW Indigenous round, and... If you haven't seen them already, guys, go online, check out all the jumpers for the teams. They all look sensational. Like, I can't even pick a favourite. They all just look amazing. And, like, I think I think the Geelong one and the Carlton one were designed by an 18-year-old. So, like, that just speaks volumes of how talented the people in the Indigenous community are. We're so grateful that we can finally celebrate this round because I know it's a round that the players have called for for a long time. So, I'm super excited. We have Geelong and Richmond kicking us off in round five. It's Friday night at GMHBA Stadium under lights. And it's at 7 10 so um it's an interesting one because Geelong haven't got this desired start of the season and neither of Richmond but it almost seems like Richmond are in the box seat can they finally go one better in this one I think they're they've never been more prepared Mm. to win a game of AFLW footy before um if you have a look at the way each team has been scoring which I, I know we kind of base a lot around scoring but you know it does, it does win your footy games, the result yeah. of the game. Yeah. Well, um, just the basic win, yeah. <laughs> the Tigers are actually conceding fewer points than Geelong. 
Um, but they're also scoring nearly double what Geelong are each week. So Geelong's average score each week is just 14 points, whereas Richmond are scoring about 26 points. If you want the decimal point, I can give that to you, Julia. Um, yes. <laughs> Why would you even offer it? Just say it. You know I want it. And you know the whole crowd here and the whole audience wants it. It's pretty obvious. So Richmond are averaging 26.25 points a game. Yes, thank um, you. Whereas, yeah, Geelong are scoring about 14 points a game. So I think Richmond are really well equipped if they can continue to keep that forward line working the way we saw it could last week. There's no reason to think that Richmond can't get over the line here. Richmond have had fewer goal kickers this year so far, but they've been more consistent. They've been showing up each week, and particularly Courtney Wakefield has been stepping up and being a target up forward, whereas Geelong haven't had that luxury with any of their forwards um, so yeah, far this no year. Yeah, there's no real marquee, I suppose, for them. And it's funny we bring that up because last week um, we saw Phoebe Williams pushing quite high up the field and taking some marks, and I did tweet that out. And Julia, uh, Julia you're Julia. Hey, um, I'm Julia, guys. <laughs> nice to meet you all. <laughs> Lucy Race, who um, is an amazing human, she actually responded to me saying, I saw that happening and was wondering what Gemma would say about this. So, yeah, Phoebe Williams is usually that player, but the issue being that she's being used to high up the ground or she needs to be um, getting high up the ground. She can't stay at home and then they lose that forward option, whereas Richmond have been able to keep their structure a bit better this year and that's resulting in Courtney Wakefield being around the forward line when the ball does get there and kicking goals. So I think that's a really big difference in this one. Yeah, I think it will be a massive difference. And Carlton Richmond obviously was a really close game. They gave Carlton a real scare. I mean, I, I didn't watch the game. I was on footy camp. I'll, I'll say that a couple of times this podcast, I imagine. But <laughs> I was on footy camp and I saw the scores down at Ararat and I thought, Jesus, only a, only a goal in it. So um, a good fight there by the Tigers. And it could be the time that Dugo won better. But Jeb, can you tell us what happened last time these two teams met? Yes. So round four last year, these two teams played off. And I think it was... No one really expected the game that they got from this one. Mm. And it was a really quite a high scoring game. I think it's the fourth highest score in fourth highest combined score in AFLW history where Richmond kicked seven three forty five and Geelong ten seven sixty seven. It still remains that that score from that game, Geelong's highest score ever. And until last week, it was Richmond's highest score ever. Wow. So I think it was larger because it it was quite free-flowing because both teams were pretty much all out attack in that game, very much just looking to get the ball forward. And it didn't get bogged down anywhere like we can see other tactics used. Um, And I'm hoping... I'm hoping that both teams go into this one with a really similar mindset because we have seen these two teams match up really interestingly against one another. I'm looking forward to that maybe happening again. Yeah, totally. I think there's potential for both teams to really go into this game with, with an attacking mindset. I mean, they've, they've they've scored high before. Why can't they do it again, especially at GMHBA Stadium? We know it's a narrow ground, good for running carry, good for goals. So we'll see what happens. Who are you tipping? For the first time ever, um, tipping Richmond by 10 points. That was a really bad drum roll, by the way. So <laughs> we'll get a sound effect on maybe when I edit this podcast and make it sound a bit better. But um, yeah, I, I'm actually going to tip the Tigers as well. I reckon this this might be it. This might be the time they get their first win and I'm going to tip them by five. I reckon it's going to be a bit closer, but um, yeah, I reckon they're going to do it. And I think I tipped the underdog last week too and I'm, I might have got the chockies on that because I think I tipped Collingwood and they, and they beat North and... We did talk yeah, about a few underdogs last week, yeah. and the, those games did go quite interestingly, didn't they? I was they? so happy I tipped Collingwood. I was like, oh, freak, I got it. 
How what a freak! I got it. I want to know. I've, see, I've I've finished a notebook, so I don't even can't even look back in my notes and see how many points I tipped North by. But I'll I'll get to that while, uh, while it's we It's all right. They're they've lost, so <laughs> you got your tip wrong. You have to you have to sit with it. Uh, but we're gonna back on to round five. We do get distracted a lot on this podcast, as the listeners know. It's the worst the Bulldogs taking on the Giants. It's that Saturday, three ten at Witten Oval, and. To kick off this game, Jem, you put out the the question, the put out the call for questions um, ahead of our recording on a Wednesday night here in Northcote so far, and Amelia from the Siren Discord chat that's been going pretty well, having conversations during footy games, which is all a bit of fun. She asked us, or I suppose asked you in particular, <laughs> what needs to happen for the Giants atop of the Bulldogs? Second with question. Is it going to be Alice Parker? Don't argue with someone into the grandstand because <laughs> I reckon it's a possibility. Amelia, so, <laughs> um, the Discord, the Siren Discord chat does love Elise Parker, so worth mentioning based off the back of that question. Um, but don't we all? <laughs> I mean, how can you? Not? I can't see. I've never met an Elise Parker hater, so <laughs> no, that's true. Neither have I. Yeah, um, she's just loved by everyone. Notoriously, Alison Smirnoff of Siren is Elise Parker's number one fan. She's going to start a fan club, so. Um, I'll join. <laughs> I'm head of the Roxy Rue and Dakota Davidson fan club, personally. I will. Yeah, they're pretty good ones. Listeners, let us know. Give Jem a message if you want to be involved with that fan club because <laughs> there's some serious love going on in there. Caitlin Greiser might be in there as well. Ooh. Caitlin Greiser's name isn't quite as cool as the others. Why don't we just make it an FOW fan club? Well, I mean, that's what the Siren Discord is, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> it's just a cooler name for AFOW fan club. That's true. Anyway, answering um, Amelia's questions. Stop getting okay. distracted, Gemma. Um, I think this is a tricky one for the Giants. So the, the midfield battle will be really interesting because we know both midfields have two really strong kind of leaders of that group. So you've got Ali Blackburn and Kirsty Lamb for the dogs. You've got Elise Parker, as mentioned, and Rebecca Beeson for the Giants. Between them last week, Beeson and Parker had, I think, 13 clearances, which is so much for for just two players in that midfield. Off the charts, really, um, yeah. Yeah. I think the thing that I like that tiny bit more about the Dogs midfield is they're a little bit more dynamic. So you know that Ellie Blackburn can get out the back and use speed and power to actually explode away. And whereas Elise Parker, she doesn't, uh, she's brilliant, but she doesn't get quite as much movement away from the stoppage. Um, I know that she's leading the Giants for both rebound 50s and inside 50s, which is also just wild. But I think the thing that I like, and it's probably more Ellie Blackburn than anything, but the way Blackburn can actually break away from the stoppage Mm. and then get out the back quickly, you know, kick those goals or get those inside 50s to set teammates up really quickly. I think that's the thing that I think the dogs have over that Giants midfield. Yeah, just a little bit of... Dynamicness. What's the word? <laughs> we'll find out. I'll, I'll do a dictionary search after, after the podcast. I might have just made up a word, but that's all right. Um, thanks, Amelia, for that question. That's, that's I hope that answers it pretty well. Um, we'll get on to our next sort of other talking points for this game. And I think the main one is, is do the dogs approach this one the same way that they did last week? Yeah, so the dogs last week, they, they pressured so much. And it doesn't necessarily show in the tackle count, mm. but the way they pressured Melbourne around the ball, they were always outnumbering Melbourne anywhere close to the ball. They were squeezing the life out of them. Melbourne have been using that uncontested ball, that outside control, um, a lot to win games this year. And they identified, the dogs identified that and kind of limited that. 
the Giants haven't been quite as polished as Melbourne has. So you'd, you'd expect that even half the level of pressure um, applied for a full four quarters, which is difficult in itself, yeah. should do the job against the Giants. I think it, it will just take that little bit off what the Giants are able to do and they're already maybe that half a step behind some of the other teams in terms of that polish and that ball use. Um, they're going to really want to get the ball into the hands of players like Tani Evans and um, Annalise Lister out of defence because they use the ball so well. But I think it's just not quite going to be enough. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for the for the Giants. It was a good win for them last week. But against a, a, a midfield like the Dogs, who have amazing spread, which mm. I want you to tell me about in a second, it's just going to be really hard for them to, to kind of break that, I suppose, midfield wall. I mean, how do they go about doing it? Because the Bulldogs just have players popping up everywhere. You have to be so smart when you play the Bulldogs because mm. if you watch them, they... they structure themselves so well behind the ball their defense and i've said this multiple times their defense doesn't get sucked into the play too much they keep their their strength um by by keeping that kind of arch a kick behind play and it's not just one extra playing back it's their actual whole defensive structure that sits back there and don't allow those exits so that that's one part of it that makes it so difficult to play against them but then the other part is that they when they get the rebound they so quickly are able to capitalize on a turnover we've seen so many times a team is living in their forward 50 against the dogs. And then as soon as they get that quick turnover, there's Ellie Blackburn, there's Kirsten McLeod, there's um, Jess Fitzgerald who are streaming into 50 using their speed and getting out on their own in space and running into an open goal. That's happened countless times this year. And you have to be able to stop that because they're going to capitalize on that every single time. And it's because they exhaust you and they're able to spread a lot better than what, opposition teams are by late in quarters as well yeah they've just got so much versatility and even like I think I'm noticing the goal kicking as well for the dogs it hasn't been like one player that's kind of grabbed the most marks and kicked the most goals it's been a really even spread from all their players this year like Fitzgerald's got on the board Blackbird's got on the board you know these are midfielders that are getting on the board so there's so much versatility there. if you can't stop them in the midfield you've got you've got to stop them in the forward line you know there's just so much elements to their game and it's looking super hard for the Giants to be able to do that do you reckon they've got any chance at Witten Oval? I'm tipping the dogs by 20 points I, and I have a lot of respect for the way the Giants are going about their footy and some of the growth we're seeing in this team like mm. I love what Al Bennett's is doing out of defence. I love Annalise Lister in that defence. Tiny Evans is having a massive impact in her first year, but I think this is a mountain a bit too high for them. What about you? Yeah, I think so as well. And I think it might. I think they might actually skip out to a bigger lead. The Dogs. I reckon it might be uh, thirty-five points. So, um, yeah, like like you said, I really respect what the Giants have done as well. Parker's obviously been amazing. We love Cora Stoughton last week, or Scorer as we now call her, kick four <laughs> goals. That was a really amazing performance. So the Giants are really building something special. It just, I just don't think it'll come up to, come to fruition in this game. So yep. we'll see how they go for the rest of the season. But the next match, boy, I'm excited for this one. This is Frio and Brisbane, two of the heavyweights of the competition in 2021. We've got two time zones for your people. Saturday, 2.10 Australia Western Standard Time, or if you're in the Eastern not suburbs, Eastern States, 510 Australian Eastern Daylight Saving Times. Fremantle Oval, the Fortress, what's going to happen here? I guess you, you put in you put in um, your notes here that scoring accuracy is going to be a big one. Can you tell us why you think that? Yeah, so uh, um, some people uh, don't necessarily see this as a big thing, but I just think it's a really interesting quirk of these two teams coming up I against one quirks. another. Yes, um, 
The Lions are actually conceding the lowest scoring accuracy of any club in the competition right now. Teams are scoring on an average at 19% accuracy against them this year. Yeah. Which is really low. And I just, that stood out to me. Um, Meanwhile, the Dockers have had a couple of weeks where they've, you know, struggled to be accurate at goal. They've still got the win and they've still dominated games, but they haven't maybe capitalized on all the shots that they've had. So um, last week they kicked seven thirteen, and in round two, they kicked two eleven. So they're maybe they're dominating games, but it's not showing as much on the scoreboard as what you feel during the game. Um, and it's interesting that they're coming up against Brisbane who have been able to do this to a lot of clubs. Um, that being said, Fremantle are generating the most scoring shots a game in the competition. So, they might be missing, but they're having a massive, massive go at scoring yeah. really heavily. Um, they've, they've both also really had a solid spread of goal kickers this year as well. So Brisbane are averaging four and a half goal kickers a game and Frio 4.25. So that's... Up, that's Two five, nice. Yes, yes okay. four, four and a quarter. <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> I think that's also a really interesting thing because both teams have a lot of players that can hit the scoreboard for them. So it's going to be a big job for both defences, but I think this could end up being a bit of a shootout provided the weather plays nice. Yeah, it definitely could. I mean, these two teams obviously high up on the ladder um, and scoring heavily. So we'll see what happens in that one. But um, a matchup that I think you're looking forward to and certainly a lot of people looking forward to if it does go to fruition, is Kathy Spark playing on Kiara Bowers? Kiara Bowers has been tearing the competition apart. No surprise, she's an absolute animal. But Kathy Spark has the potential to stop players in their tracks. We saw her do it with Monique Conti in round one against Richmond. Can she do it for Kiara Bowers? I don't think you can stop Kiara Bowers. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But this is a matchup that I would absolutely love to see. And we've seen Kathy Spark go to the most dangerous midfielder every single week. Whether it's a tight run with roll like she did on Conti in round one, or whether it's just you are playing on this player for the whole game, make them accountable. Yeah, just checking them, yeah. Um, the thing that I like about Svark is not that, ju- that, not just that she's tough, but the fact that she has the speed and that burst away that could limit a little bit of what Bowers does because what Bowers does really well isn't just the tackling repeatedly. It's once she tackles, she's like an energizer bunny. She jumps straight back up and is spreading to then get the handball receive on the turnover. And so often she's then getting out into space and then she uses the ball really well once she's out into space. I think Kathy Svark is the kind of player that could identify that and potentially be able to follow her at least in that respect. Um, so just some stats on both of them this year, just for context. Really? You? Stats? <laughs> Bring them on. I love them. Um, so Svark is averaging 10.5 disposals, 5.75 tackles, 1.5 inside 50s, 2.5 score involvements and 221 metres gained, which is an incredible scoreline, especially totally. for a player just in their second year. Um, that being said, Kiara Bowers is averaging 21 disposals, 12.75 tackles, 3.25 inside 50s, three score involvements and 322.25 metres gained. So Guys, that's if like, you can see my face right now, yeah. it's like it's just in a state of shock. Like, how can you get numbers that amazing? <laughs> yeah, like, but across the board, that it's not just she's doing one thing really, really well and then other things are pretty good. Everything is at such a high level for Bowers that I, I love what Spark does. And, and the reason I highlighted Spark's stats, even though they do seem like a step down, which, you know, anyone's a step down from Bowers, <laughs> the fact that Spark does play 
that two-way kind of game as well makes me think that this could be such a fun matchup to watch. They're both really strong. They both love the contest, but they both love to get on the outside as well. So it's really exciting. Yeah. So with all that being said, who are you tipping? I'm tipping Frio by 15 points. I would. I think. Um, I think they're going to dominate the game. Yep. And I think that the ball is going to live in Frio's hands, but I think they're going to kick in accurately. Otherwise, the the margin would be bigger. Ooh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. T- I'm gonna go the other way. I'm gonna take a bit of a risk, and I'm gonna tip Brisbane. I just think they've been re- in really good form this season. And I know Frio's at home, but. Brisbane have shown they can do Freer a lot. Have won their last 11. Yeah, I reckon the streak's going to be broken. I'm tipping the Lions and I'm going to tip them by 10. So 10 points. See how we go. It'll be interesting. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it really is a 50-50, even though Frio's record at home is, you know, flawless. Um, they're, they're, two, they're two of the best teams in 2021. This could be a grand final preview, you know. Exciting grand final preview. Absolutely. So from Fremantle, we head over to the other side of the country to Tasmania and it's North Melbourne hosting Carlton at the University of Tasmania Stadium. It's on Saturday night at 7.10 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. It's the first time we're playing footy in Tassie for the 2021 season in AFLW and it's a big occasion for the Kangaroos, not just because they're at Tassie, but it's because the first time they've lost two in a row. Lost to Collingwood and lost to Melbourne the week before. So big time for them to try and get some redemption. Can they do it? Yeah, I think it's a... this. I think we're going to see a ruthless kangaroos this week. Mm. And um, I, I think it's uh, interesting timing that Maddie Prasparkas is out for yeah. the week. So, Well, she, I think she's at the tribunal right now as we're recording. It's been upheld. Yeah. It's been upheld. Oh, it so has? She, she will miss. Um, so the Collingwood kind of showed how you beat North Melbourne last week by showing that you need to limit the efficiency or the efficacy of their clearances. So it's a really big midfield battle in this one. The last thing Carlton needed was to go into this one without their best midfielder. Yeah, that's going to (laughs) stink. And I think that North are going to come out with that really ruthless nature because they're going to have kind of a rocket um, under them because of losing two for the first time in in their history. Yeah, I think this is going to be North Melbourne making a big, big statement against a team that's missing their best player. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be a big test for the Blues. I mean, especially they haven't looked crash hot all year, and especially mm. without Press Barkers, who usually is the one. She almost kind of took the game when her boot last week against Richmond and saved them from losing the unlosable, well, not losing the unlosable, but losing a really crucial game against Richmond and getting, handing them their first win. So we'll see how they go in the midfield. But it's the defence you're interested in for, for Carlton. What can you tell me about that and how that's going to play into the game? Yeah, so a number of times this year we've seen teams break through that defensive zone um, using skill and speed. So A, hitting your targets when you're moving the ball through the corridor. So, you know, hitting your teammate up when you mean to hit your teammate up, but then doing it quickly so that you get them on the jump. And this is the thing that, uh, particularly in round one that we saw, um, and Richmond did a little in the first quarter last week as well, was on that rebound, Carlton do like to play a zone zone defence, especially with Lalawifi and Harrington back there trying to just guard space in a way. It has been proven that if you do it quick enough and with enough skill, you can break through that zone fairly easily. And I think North have the assets to do that. Yeah, I think I think they certainly do. They certainly have the firepower. We haven't seen it, I suppose, at its best in the last two weeks, but against Carlton, I reckon they're going to make a real fist of it. So who are you tipping in this one? I'm going with North by 20. Nice. What about you? Um, I was actually going to go north by 40. I was going to go not so much one better, but 20 better. So, <laughs> um, yeah, like we, said, like, I said, like we said at the start of this kind of 
segment, I suppose, about the two games. It's a big occasion for North, I reckon, especially at Tasmania where um, they tend to do play well in front of their, I suppose, not so much their home fans, but sort of their home fans because they are the North Melbourne Tasmania Kangaroos. Yep. So we'll all call them home fans. But, yeah, they tend to put on a good occasion down there and the Tassie fans will be glad to see some footy down their way, especially after a, a hard 2020. So... From Tassie, we keep going around the country. We should go in a caravan to all these games. That'd be fun. Adelaide, St Kilda, they're at Norwood Oval. So we're in, we've gone from Fremantle to Tassie to Adelaide. We're, and it's on Sunday, this game. It's 12.40 Australian Central Standard Time or one ten Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time, depending where you are in the country. So don't worry, we've got you covered. Um, we spoke about this Spark-Bowers matchup earlier in the podcast. There's another matchup that we could potentially look forward to in this game, and that could be Ree Watt versus Chelsea Randall. How are you seeing that one? Do you reckon it'll play out? I would love to – this is another matchup that I would really love to see. So, you know, we record without knowing what the teams are. Mm. But um, we've seen Chelsea Randall play largely in the forward line this year. Yeah, it's we've, been entertaining. Yes, it absolutely has. And it's allowed Aaron Phillips to get off the leash a little bit. Um, but the other thing is Ree Watt has come in and nullified really informed tall players – this year. So we saw in round two, she pretty much played Emma King out of the game after Emma King destroyed Geelong the week before. Yeah. Rewatt is in exceptional form and, you know, she's been playing mostly in the ruck, but I think we're going to see her play. If, if Chelsea Randall is playing forward, I think Rewatt is playing defense that whole game and just going with her the whole time. Both are, are great marks. Both can read the ball really well. And we saw the Lutkins Randall matchup last week. I think this will play out very similarly to that. Yeah, definitely. I think Ree Watts probably be one of those players that we haven't been able to talk about that much because there's just been so many players that have been in really good form. And she's one of those players that just goes under the radar. She's like the unsung hero, I suppose, mm. of the year. So she's doing a great job. And we'll see if she can continue to do that great job on Chelsea Randall if she does float up forward. And this game as well, there's, there's two elements that we're kind of looking at here. One is agility and one is brute force. Can you tell us about those two elements and how they're going to come into play at Norwood? Yeah, so this is um, a bit of a, a comparison of their midfield. So largely Anne Hatchard, Ebony Marinoff, Aaron Phillips. I know they're all very skillful players, but they're that power midfield. They're powerful. They're they're bigger, stronger players. Whereas you look at the Saints midfield and and the ones leading the Saints midfield this year, other than Rosie Dillon, who was brilliant, um, is Georgia Petrikios and Tiana Smith, or Tiana Smith, sorry. They're both more evasive and they almost move through the contest as if it's choreographed, the way they move, their agility, their evasiveness. So I love that these two completely juxtaposing midfield types are coming up against each other. And whoever can kind of get that midfield battle on their terms, I think will have a lot of control of the rest of the game. So, you know, if if the Saints are able to get those clearances by kind of running through and breaking free of a lot of that pressure that Adelaide can put on and delivering the ball forward, like we saw Tiana Smith do last week to a, an exceptional standard, that could really set the Saints up really well for this game. Yeah, totally. I'll even just a touch on Tiana Smith as well. She's just been sensational. She just looks like she has so much tie with the ball mm. in hand and she's probably a leading contender for Rising Star now that she has got the nomination. So she's on the board. Yes. <laughs> We're on board now. We'll see if she can, get, <laughs> she can go all the way. I think Jess Fitzgerald is probably her biggest competitor at the moment. So yes. a good battle there for Rising Star, just on a side note. But who are you tipping in this game? It's between Adelaide and the Saints. Um, I'm going to go with Adelaide by 18 points. Um, Adelaide, yeah, <laughs> I think... Uh, I think they're the kind of team that will play St Kilda's really defensive backline um, a little bit smarter than we've seen other teams play it. What about you? 
I'm going to go with Adelaide as well. I'm going to tip them by 25. I just think that win over Brisbane's really set them up to, to storm home here. And we saw Erin Phillips, who spoke about getting off the lead. She absolutely broke those shackles and got off the lead <laughs> big time last week. That When she's in, when she's in form, she's seriously unstoppable. So um, if she can get off the shackles once again, watch out. So mm. I'm typically going to do it again. So that's why I'm tipping Adelaide by a bit of a higher margin. But now that we've gone from Adelaide, we're back in Victoria now. It's Collingwood versus Melbourne on Sunday at 3.10. That's at Victoria Park, which is becoming a traditional home of footy there for Collingwood's AFLW side. And Collingwood would love to be coming, coming back home to their home fans after a big win against North Melbourne. And um, it could be a, a good battle between those two sides. There's powerful midfield involved there and there's also outside control. Can you tell us about those two factors and how they'll come into play in this game? Yeah, so both of these sides um, really boast that solid inside midfield group. So, you know, Melbourne has Tyler Hanks, Maddie Gay, Karen Paxman, and then you look at Collingwood, it's Jamie Lambert, Britt Benici, and Brianna Davey. Um, I, I think that is really enticing, and that's what you think about when you think of these teams. But the way both teams have really won their games this year or when they've looked good is when they've had the control on the outside, which is what we talked about a little bit earlier. Um, last week we saw Collingwood really limit North Melbourne in the middle of the ground and, and that's what we had mentioned earlier, while Melbourne were really pressured when on the outside. So that's a couple of different tactics for that outside game. I, I wonder if the Pies will just look to go toe-to-toe knowing that they're very similar and knowing the way they played North last week or whether they look to up their pressure game based on what the Dogs did last week. I'm curious as to which way Collingwood are going to attack this one. Yeah, is it going to be structure-based? Is it just going to be game plan-based? Like, we don't know. I mean, Collingwood have a lot of options to their credit. They can do, you know, whatever they want, basically. And just you mentioned Maddie Gay there as well. Um, Steph Kiochi put out a tweet that it's going to be an interesting week in the Kiochi Gay household. They're obviously partners and they're facing off for the first time this year. So we'll see how that goes. But another matchup that we might that we might look forward to is Shani Norder versus Lauren Pierce. They're both got different strengths in the ruck and um, it could be an interesting battle between those two. Yeah. They're the rucks that uh, they're definitely at the top in the top handful of rucks in the comp. And the reason they're up there is because they, they're not only powerful in the like ruck contest, but they do damage in other areas of the ground. And there are other rucks who are purely tap rucks and they really don't get involved anywhere else. Um, in AFLW especially, I think you have to be doing other things on the ground. And these two rucks do that to a to a really strong um, extent, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. Um, Shani Norda, she's dangerous in the middle, but then she can go forward, take marks, and she can kick goals. Lauren Pierce effectively becomes an extra mid. And the thing that I love about Lauren Pierce is she knows when to position herself towards the back line to support especially when Melbourne is a little bit short on those key defenders. She reads the play so brilliantly knowing when she needs to go there. So this battle as well will be really crucial, I think, to the result of the game because both can really win the game for their team, not necessarily through doing all the fancy stuff, but by the extra things they do, you know, positioning, getting into the right spots and taking those marks or having that influence at ground level. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, totally. So am I. I reckon it's going to be a great battle in the ruck. It's almost as if whoever wins the ruck battle wins the game. Is that is that kind of what you're feeling in your tips? Well, the, when you say the ruck battle, I don't necessarily see that as hitouts. Like I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Shining Order will stuff. will win the hitouts, but I think in terms of that specific, which whichever one of these players can have a bigger impact for their team, then yes, I agree with you. Yeah. So who are you tipping in that case then? I'm 
Tipping Melbourne by one point. Wow. It's going to be close, isn't it? I'm struggling with my tips I too. hope it's close. Um, and I also hope Melbourne... Do you, as a supporter, you really hope it's close? You don't, you're not going to pull your hair out or bite your fingernails off? <laughs> um, no, I'm pretty good. I mean, um, it's going to be a really good game, I think. Uh, Are you heading along to it? Yeah, I mean, it's just down the street, so I've got no excuses. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a good game, though, I think. I'm becoming a fan right now talking about this game. I'm very excited to watch Melbourne <laughs> I can, play again. I can tell. You're, just like, you're like smiling and yeah. beaming. <laughs> <laughs> what about um, you? You're yeah. going to tip Collingwood, aren't you? Yeah, I am going to tip Collingwood. <laughs> I'm going to tip them by five. Like I, th- I think it still will be a close game, but I think Collingwood at Victoria Park and the way they dominated North Melbourne last week is just a testament to how good they're going to be in this year and... They're coming, uh, they're coming against a good side of the demons, so you never know. It's an even tip. We've got a lot, I've got a few even tips in this podcast, mm. so we'll see how we go by the end of this, and <laughs> we might do a tally of our tips and see how we're going. Yeah. West Coast and Gold Coast is the next game of the round. That's on Sunday at 2.10 Australia Western Standard Time, or 5.10 if you're in the Eastern States, Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Middle Resources Park, one of the better named stadiums, probably second to Great Barrier Reef Arena, but um, <laughs> Middle Resources Park's where it's at. Um, we've got a, another listener question and we've got another person from the Siren Discord. What a great initiative that is. So well done to you and the team at you Siren Sport for getting that up. Oh, no, I should. I said to you off air, like, I'm not a big talker during footy games. I just like to watch it and then I like to talk about it after the game. So I think I need a post-game Discord. But <laughs> Well, it's still, it's still there. It still runs. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, it's not... Get on to it, everybody else. You can talk to Jem. You can talk to her on your own, so that'd be fun. Um, anyway, Mel from the Siren Discord chat. Hello, Mel. Thanks for joining the podcast. Um, she's talking, obviously, about this game, and she's saying they both started their games this weekend with high pressure, not this weekend, the last round in round four, with high pressure, and they were both pretty fierce, and she reckons they're pretty evenly matched. Do you agree with that, Gemma? Yeah, well, that's interesting, because that's one of the talking points that I sent to you prior to us recording this, is... Both teams' first half compared to their second half. The Eagles have really been fading out of games, but so have the Suns. So everyone's been talking about how the Eagles have been doing the bulk of their scoring in the first half. Um, I have the numbers here. Let's have a look. They better have two testable points, I swear <laughs> to God. That's not. So the Eagles have scored 65%, um, 65%, 65 points, which I think comes to 81% of their total score in first halves and wow. just 15 points in second halves, and that's just the one goal as part of that. Jeez. Um, they've also, but they have conceded 108 points in their second halves to opposition sides. Whereas the Suns, they've kind of just been, they, they've looked a lot stronger in first halves, but they still haven't done the scoring too much. And I think because of that aspect, I think even if the first half is great and both teams are great and then both teams fade away, I think because of the Eagles being that bit stronger in first halves, I think that's going to shine through a little bit. But I think the second half, both teams are going to... It's going to be like they're running in like sand or mud because they don't quite have that endurance to get through a full game yet. Yeah, yeah, especially especially, especially since we talked about that West... I think that West Coast and Freer game, I remember those conditions. And, and they, both had, they both had a game with bad conditions. The Gold Coast against the Giants had a pretty wet one too. So they both had their fair share of bad conditions. And it might... It's, it surprisingly bags up your body for a few weeks, those mm-hmm. kind of games. So we'll definitely see a bit of tired legs out there. But another point you had in this one was the clearance battle in this game. Can you tell us about that? So both sides have done really well to either win or come close to breaking even in the clearances. But their issue is once they've got the clearance, what are they doing with it? And neither team has really made a lot of that. 
Um, I, I'd really like to see a player or two from each side really step up in that regard this week. So I'd love to see Ashling McCarthy play more of an outside game, that running game that we saw her play a lot more of at the Dogs. That would, I think, break this game wide open. And then for the Suns, maybe a Bess Keeney or someone like that could really do damage on the outside. So because these teams are so evenly matched and their their deficiencies are quite similar, I'd love to see them just try stuff. Yeah. Because w- they don't have anything to lose at this point. But neither team has won a game yet this year. Just try to get that outside ball I know the Suns like to be a pressure side, but I think they've got to try to play a little bit more freely because it, otherwise it's just not going to come around to them. And we saw them play that little bit freer in round one where they did quite well against Melbourne. They kicked 5-5, five, five, I think. It's worth trying that again, I think. Yeah, totally. I mean, like you said, they've got nothing to lose. It's it's a chance to get their first win. And, and Mel from the Siren Discord wants to know who will come out with their first win. Who are you tipping? I'm tipping the Eagles by five points in this one. Nice. I think the Eagles have... Um, been really encouraging for halves of football this year and I'd love to see that rewarded but I'd also love to see them show that endurance a little bit longer too yeah totally I'm actually going to tip the Eagles as well but I reckon it might be a bit closer I've tipped them by two points so I reckon this could be a close game I reckon both teams are pretty much in it but I just went with the Eagles just purely because of because of home game advantage and um yeah I guess the conditions in Perth are pretty um hit and miss I suppose and yeah. it's it only works in your favour if you live there so yeah we'll see how that game goes that wraps up um, the games for round five but we have one more listener question that we've got to get to and that's Andy he responded to you on Twitter and he said and we left this to the end because it's not a specific round five question but he says with the suggestion of teams playing the same opposition twice due to the state border closures and I suppose a lack of Victorian teams travelling Jem how do you think this will affect the finals who's going to benefit in this situation can I first say that I hate the idea of this? Yeah, same. Um, and while we understand the issues surrounding this season and the fact that as they're not full-time athletes or not paid full-time athletes, it's Yeah, they can't just pack their bags and go. Yeah, yeah. so, so the Suns have spent yeah. the past week in WA, but yeah. I know that that wouldn't have been easy to get sorted. So uh, that's the caveat of this. Um I think, you know, teams like Fremantle, Adelaide and Brisbane benefit from this. Totally. Because they're strong and they're playing some of the weaker sides in the comp. Um... If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. But also considering the fact that, you know, uh, it's a hard one, isn't it? Yeah, because it, it's so hard. I mean, we just saw... Um, in the men's game today, they've they've readjusted the Amy Community Series to have that same thing where the teams just play teams in their state. So it looked like this actually might be a reality, and I guess it's hard to know who does benefit. But I guess we saw early on, you know, this this kind of happened at the start of the season where we had to go into five-day lockdown here in Victoria. Freo had to all of a sudden play West Coast Adelaide to play the Giants. So they've already had the chance to play each other, and we saw how the results went. It was pretty one-sided. So you're right. I reckon it's going to be those interstate teams outside of Victoria that benefit because... It's one opposition. It's one team you've got to study, really. Yeah, and I would just, you know, at the moment, we, I mean, we're seeing the Saints go over to um, South Australia this week. We're seeing um, GWS come down to Victoria this week. They, I feel like they maybe should have tried to do a bit more of that this week, mm. get a few more of those games out so that we could at least have a few more differences. But instead, they've got, you know, Brisbane going to WA and stuff like that, which previously could have happened anyway i don't know it just feels and i understand that the fixturing must be terribly difficult right yeah, now. yeah we definitely give credit to him for where yeah, credit's due. but it would have been good if we could have seen maybe I, and i don't know what the state of the borders at the moment are either maybe victoria and queensland don't have an open border but it would have been good to see maybe even two teams playing in adelaide that aren't from adelaide and, and trying some different things um, if you get if you've got teams going to Tassie, why can't you have gotten a Victorian side like like a Melbourne or like a Collingwood heading up to Queensland so that you still got that game in your pocket? Um, so Victorian teams don't it still have other te- anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. It yeah. It feels like it could have been done a little bit differently this week. But again, when they were organising that that fixture and today that's four days difference, you don't know what's happened. So. Yeah, it's hard. We have this question in a second, but I, I think a left field one for me. I think Indigenous round it's a really special occasion. I think they could have had the opportunity to go up and play a game in TIO Stadium. Perhaps maybe Gold Coast could have hosted a game there just to get the fans around. We saw how well Dreamtime, I suppose, a new Dreamtime at the G worked at TIO Stadium for the men's in 2020. I think there's there's an opportunity there for there was probably an opportunity there for them to play a game in Darwin. I reckon it would have been a great occasion. So a couple of suggestions from us, but like we said, we know how difficult the fixturing is this season. So kudos to them for actually getting a season up and getting the players to play. And kudos to you, Andy. Good question. It made us think for a little bit there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But before we end the podcast, I just thought I'd give a shout out to the VFLW teams that are running out for their first games this weekend. Um, um, the VFLW is also going to work in a staggered fixture, so they're announcing one week at a time. A couple of teams have announced their leadership groups as well. So Alyssa Mifsud in the Darwin Falcons leadership group, which is very exciting. I love that move. A couple of ex-AFLW players in the leadership group, so looking perhaps to stake a claim to get back on the list. But the fixture for round one has been announced, and I just thought I'd quickly read them out for everyone to have a to see if they can get, get involved and, and look at all the live streams available and see if they can... I don't know if co- crowds are allowed at these games. I think maybe I think they are, and games. I think Wharf Radio, shout out to them. They're calling three games that you can listen to as well this weekend. So definitely go and check out Wharf Radio on Twitter for those details. Yeah, absolutely. You'll see some good callers there uh, too, yeah, perhaps. Maybe, maybe someone named Julia? 
oh no, I won't be this weekend, but there's a couple of awesome people that are calling, so you'll definitely get some good content out of that game. But on Saturday, um, we have North Melbourne versus Port Melbourne. That's at Arden Street over at 10am. Port Melbourne's obviously got the alignment with Richmond VFLW side this year without Richmond obviously not being able to put a side on the field. So choosing not to, but... Choosing not to, yep. Um, so yeah, North, North and Port Melbourne. That, it would be good to see Port Melbourne in their first hit out. Um, then we travel over to Warm Ponds at Deakin University. That's a beautiful ground over there in Geelong. Geelong's hosting Collingwood, um, I suppose, the reigning VFLW Premiers. Yeah, without, technically. Yeah, without, without a season. So technically they are still the reigning Premiers. That's at 12 o'clock if you can get down there in Geelong. Carlton are hosting Casey at Icon Park. I reckon that'll be a highly attended game just because of being the home of women's footy and a nice central ground. That's at 2 o'clock on a Saturday. Should be a beautiful day for footy. And then on Sunday, we have another three games. It's the Bulldogs taking on the Hawks. And the Hawks obviously have an all-female VFLW coaching panel this year. So it'll be really interesting to see what their tactics are this season. And they have a pretty good side on the park as well. Jess Trent's just been announced as yeah. the VFLW captain. So I'm looking forward to seeing her take the lead. Um, that'll be at VU Witten Oval at 10 a.m. I think it might be a curtain raiser to the AFLW game. Um, it looks, I think so. Um, but the next game is Essendon versus Southern States. That's at the hangar down in Tullow Marine. So if you're down that way, if you feel like going towards the airport, you can come, come for a swing by the hangar to, to see Essendon take on the Southern States. That's at 10.30 a.m. And then Darabin are hosting Williamstown at La Trobe Uni. That's in Bandura at 11.30 a.m. I know so. Bandura well. <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, yeah, a couple of morning games there on Sunday and, um, yeah, a couple of games there on Saturday too. So if you are free on the weekend, if you can't make it down to an AFLW game, make sure you support the girls in the VFLW. They are um, doing their best as well to get the season up and running for them. There's a couple of really good young stars in a lot of teams and a couple of ex-AFLW players that you all might recognise. So, Shout out to the VFLW girls. We wish them all the best. Have you got perhaps a tip for the premiership in the VFLW, Jim? Oh, you know, there's so many different factors in the VFLW this yeah. year, given that so it's many unknowns, right? much close, more closely aligned with the AFLW, the limits of how many AFLWs you can have playing, all yeah. that sort of stuff throws a big span in the works. But, you know, Darwin Falcons were dominant in this league, VFLW and the VWFL prior to. They did have a down year last year, but yeah. I'm expecting them to have a bit of an improved year. Maybe not win the premiership, but I think they're going to be far more challenging for sides. But it is it is hard to go past that Collingwood side, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think they're, they're kind of my tip for the premiership. But, but I suppose the team to watch for me will be Essendon's VFLW yep. side. Courtney Eagle's going to be coming back from her ACL injury. so Kendra Hale. Kendra Hale playing. as well. Yeah, she's still playing. And um, Eloise Gardner's another one for Essendon. That, that's a really tall... Tall player that can swing forward and back. So there's a lot of exciting prospects for Essendon as well. And Georgie Prasparkas, once she finishes the NAB league, she's going to go wow. straight to Essendon. So definitely get down there when Georgie gets named in the team. I'll definitely go down and see what she's what she's up to because yeah, um, some people highly rate Georgie perhaps better than Maddie. A lot of yeah. a lot of insiders. Different so, player, yeah, yeah, different player, a bit taller. So yeah, definitely get down and watch Georgie when she gets to run out for the Bombers. But they're my team to watch. So. Once again, shout out to the VFLW girls, shout out to the AFLW girls, <laughs> shout out to the listeners, shout out to all the AFLW fans. We've we've chatted a long we've chatted a long time in this podcast, but we love to have you listening. We love to have you along the chat with us, and love to have you gas bagging with us as well. So feel free to shoot us a DM on Twitter. You'll reach Gemma at Gemma Albastiani. G L Bastiani. G L Bastiani. I get it wrong every week, but I will get it right, <laughs> I promise. And I'm Julian Montesano for. So feel free to tweet us if you just feel like getting something off your chest, or if you just want to raise a point that we might have missed in this podcast feel free to let us know we'd love to hear your opinions and um also as well if you've got a, a bit of spare money a, a exciting partnership's been announced today you can get yourselves 
um, a siren sport time, I suppose, slash league tees t-shirt. It says, yes. I love women's sport on it. And I suppose everyone who listens to this podcast should love women's sport. So I encourage everyone to go out and get that. It's a great design. All the profits are going straight to siren sport, straight to um, getting more women in the media. So it's a really, I suppose, worthy cause, an important cause. And hey, you get a cool t-shirt out of it. So why not? Yeah, I am very excited about these t-shirts. Um, we love league tees. League tees have done They're amazing. so Big much shout good out. stuff. They generate so much money for other people um they they make very little money themselves it's all about raising money for other people so a massive massive respect and thanks to anthony for allowing us to do this partnership i'm very excited and um, i'll put a link to those t-shirts in the show notes as well brilliant i'll definitely get my hands on one i expect all the listeners to make sure you send us a photo when you do get your tea yes, in the mail please do if you're wearing one send us a photo we definitely want to see it awesome stuff that that's where we'll leave the podcast today <laughs> get your t-shirts on and, and shout out to anthony as well we'll leave it there so thanks for joining us the playoff preview for another week. It's been great to have Jimmy Bastiani by my side. I'm Julie Montesano signing off from the round five playoff preview. Catch you next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.